podcast dedicated to the Premier League, the A-League and more. And today uh, it's just the Premier League because uh, we've got a Premier League end of season review for you. Uh, my name's Colby and I'm here with Tommy. How are you, mate? And I'm well. Um, I've, I've still got like a bit of a bit of the flu lingering from last week. I think yeah, we I'm could, probably sounding a little bit better than last we week. We did that last week. We got a lot of feedback about <laughs> it. Uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of sniffles that you thought were off the mic, but they were... No... Uh, they were they were they were fine. These mics don't have a good pickup. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now how are you how are you feeling today? First game of football back for the season, Tommy. Yeah, the, bo- the body's a, feeling alright. Had a had a late start to the season. Bit of a few work commitments and a few other just like life getting in the way. It was a bye and Easter and all that sort of thing. So yeah, really good to get got on the score sheet today. And, oh, uh, throw we, that in there. We, yeah, of course. Um, also got a yellow card as well. So look, standard. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But great day. It's a, it was 21 degrees in Melbourne today. Beautiful day to be outside playing football. Beautiful day for football. Yeah. Uh, and plenty of that's come on the show. Um, just a bit of a bit of a background for the season. A lot happened in this season. Uh, season of fine margins. The title race between Liverpool and City came down to a single point and a few millimetres. Uh, both teams set points totals, which would have won the league 116 times out of 119 in top flight history. Um, I'll just give you a bit of an overview uh, of the season. Um, it wasn't all about the title race, obviously. You had a, you, We've got an all-English uh, European finals with Liverpool and Spurs playing at the Champions League final and Arsenal against Chelsea in the Europa League final. Uh, the Premier League had three uh, joint highest scorers this season with Aubameyang, Mane and Salah um, all finishing uh, with a golden boot to share. And all African as well. All African as well. First time since 98-99 with York, Owen and Hasselbank. Oh. Uh, and then uh, Arsenal failed to finish in the top four uh, in the top flight for three consecutive seasons. Their longest run um, in a run of four campaigns since 82-83 and then 85-86. So they, they've got a bit of bouncing back to do. The bar, uh, the bar is lowered for them, hasn't it? The bar's it? a bit lower for them. Um, Spurs finished in the top four of the Premier League for the fourth consecutive season, meanwhile. It's the, their best runner finishes in the top flight um, of five consecutive top four finishes. Um, and that was between 1959, 60 and 63, 64. So <laughs> they're, they're peaking for the first time in quite a while. Uh, we had manager sackings and odd appointments headlined by United sacking Mourinho and uh, appointing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer off the back of some Cardiff and Norwegian experience and a whole lot of the men United of old stick. Um, the Wolves living up to their potential as the best of the rest and giant slayers to boot. I don't um, think anyone predicted how good they would be this season. We we all thought, yeah, they'll be comfortable, uh, comfortably miss relegation. But oh, jeez, no one no one predicted they would have the season they would have. Maybe not even them. Uh, then you had Watford um, reaching an FA Cup final for the first time since 1984. It's a shame they got spanked overnight, but um, they also held on to a manager for an entire season, which was a big achievement for yeah, them. Yeah, it'll be their next season as well. Even more surprising. <laughs> That's right. Uh, speaking of managers, we had uh, the return of Brendan Rodgers to the Premier League with Leicester. 
Uh, West Ham got some new claret carpet, so that was good. <laughs> Moment of the season. Moment of the season. Uh, <laughs> Palace, so the highlight of their season had to be that 3-2 win over City, but they struggled for consistent consistency, particularly at home. Uh, Newcastle were consistent, but uh, spent nothing. Bournemouth uh, regenerating, uh, but a bit like Jekyll and Hyde in their consistency. Um, Burnley weren't quite the Burnley of last season, and, but found some late season form through Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes. And, nearly and a hand- lack of Joe Hart. <laughs> lack of Joe Hart really helped them. Uh, they nearly handed Liverpool the league by centimetres in that game against City. Uh, then you've got Southampton with uh, Shane Long, just doing Shane Long things, getting a, <laughs> getting a goal after a long time and, and setting the, uh, the Premier League record for the, the quickest uh, goal in Premier League history, which won't be broken for some time. No, no. Uh, near, nearer to the bottom of the ladder Brighton uh, held on for another season avoided relegation um, and, and reached an FA Cup semi-final um, and then uh, immediately sacked their manager <laughs> uh, and then, I feel for Chris Hewton like. yeah heart, heart goes out to the guy but mm. uh, I think that's as far as he was going to take them uh, and then towards the bottom uh, you had uh, Fulham big spending but going straight back down and contrasting with Cardiff who spent next to nothing and almost managed to stay up uh, and then Aaron Moyes, Huddersfield setting uh, all kinds of wrong records. Tommy, what have, what have your sort of overall thoughts on the season? Do you have a particular moment of the season? Or? Um, it was, look, it was great just the fact that there was a title race this year. I mean, for the last, what, four or four or five years, uh, not since Leicester, I guess, was there a, a, a genuine title race. And even then, Leicester secured it with a couple of rounds to spare. So this is the first time in a long while that um, it's gone down to the last, last weekend, which that in itself is exciting. But it was odd because it wasn't teams slipping up uh, and really sort of toing and froing. It was two teams that just were juggernauts and just kept going and on and on and on and on, like me right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was it was exciting, but in a in an unexciting way. Um, beyond that, uh, I was I was really surprised at how poor third through sixth were and how inconsistent they were. Um, the, the the sort of next tier of um, of teams from what's seventh through to probably tenth. I think they're gonna they're gonna push those teams in um, in that sort of third through sixth sort of bracket next season, um, and then sort of the the rest um were i guess just so inconsistent but uh huddersfield and fulham were just hugely disappointing i I mean huddersfield i think everyone has a bit of a soft spot for them uh especially australians with aaron moy there sort of the plucky underdog and just couldn't they weren't real plucky this season no exactly just really disappointing i really felt for them like um them uh parting ways with their manager felt like their manager sorry his name escapes me uh, oh, yeah. you as well. Wagner, 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 David Wagner, Wagner. Yes, but like, and and he actually left the club as well. They didn't sack him. Yeah. Like he he just sort of walked, and 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 that was a sort of you felt like that was a bit of an admission that um you this know, is as far as they can t- he could take them, which yeah. was kind of sad in in a way, like a little bit pathetic. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure if that's too harsh, but um, just they lay, were, laying the boot into the bottom two, well, yeah. Uh, and Fulham, like I mean, they were they started out. Everyone thought, oh, I think I I put that they were going to finish tenth or something. But Jukanovic's, uh, I think we all tactics. thought they would stay up. Y- yourself, me, and Andy in the um, in the season preview, I yeah. think all of us said they were going to stay up. I don't yep. think I was quite as bullish on them as, as you pair were, but I think I, I, I still said they were good. They would finish lower mid table. Yeah, like sort of. A, Similar to Bournemouth, how they brought yeah. in quality players. They invested over hundred million pounds, and so that's, I guess, what's so disappointing about it. Yeah, but like I 
put a lot of that on Jukanovic and the where they invested as well. Like they brought in pretty much a, a whole new sort of front three. Um, yes, Mitrovic was there last season, but um, Mitrovic was actually the best of the signings, and he was probably the budget signing. Yeah, just but odd. Like they they set up to play like they were still in the championship, and ultimately it wasn't until um, maybe round 30 that they actually discovered some defensive solidity but by then it was way 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 too late and, and it wasn't until they got relegated points. that they started playing that swashbuckling football that we saw from them in the in the first couple of rounds yeah so look i hope um scott parker um sort of keeps keeps going on but there look there's a bunch of players that they're really going to struggle to hold on to next yeah. season so and we'll talk, we'll talk about that apart. yeah we'll talk about those a little bit more in a little bit true, more true. detail um we've got we'll have our uh, in-depth season in-depth Team reviews uh, <laughs> for each of uh, each of the teams uh, shortly in the podcast as well. Um, yeah, look, I think you're right, Tommy. I think there was there was a lot of twists and turns in this season up until about January, I think, and then yeah. they sort of threatened to be a twist and turn. And I think it maintained the tension though until the last True. day. That's what I felt every week. You sort it of didn't... felt, even though Liverpool and City were playing amazing football, you sort of felt, well, look, if one of them, if one of them, it was it was sort of a race of who was going to blink first. And uh, I think that was genuinely exciting, even though we didn't get a genuine twist probably since January. It's a good way to put it that the tension was there right up until the last weekend. So from that perspective it was it was it was really in cap, uh, sorry engaging and everyone was watching that last weekend. I remember we were uh, we were finishing up the pod recording last week and uh, we all kind of hung around because like the it was it was just starting and um, even and though then, we were cooked on Sunday, we just yeah. we just played football. We just recorded a podcast. We just watched the uh, the big blue semi final uh, in the A League, and then um, we we still had to stay up at on a Sunday night at midnight and watch the last day of the Premier League. That's how compelling it was. Yeah, and it was it was just great that there was that it all came down to that last day. That's what it's all about, and that's I guess that's, it's the dream that that happens, right? Because otherwise, it can be sort of the last weekend can be sort of have a bit of a carnival atmosphere, like nothing's really happening and so on and so forth but no it was it was really engaging really encapsulating um yeah, yeah and, and that final round plenty of uh fantastic goals scored this season as well um let's take a look back at a few of those now ramsey with the header nikasari good ball back from bamiang ramsey's there Morrison, Patterson had a swing, Robbie Reed, and then Hoyat, what a goal! Firmino, Fabinho, Money! I feel in Defensive header, Bernardo Silva winning the second ball, and tells it! That is an unbelievable strike! Hazard, taking West Ham on, on, on! Salah scores with speed and zest and urgency and hope. To run, Jorginho, and making a great job of it. Son on the way. Company. Had a look. Had a hit. Yeah, tons of tons of absolutely stunning goals this season. Uh, Tommy, what were the standouts for you? Uh, 
my goal of the season by some way was probably Andros Townsend's goal against City. Um, just so hard to go past, but also for the moment, uh, sorry, for the, the match that it was in as well. Like that was uh, one of the, I think, was that City's only loss of the season? No, I think they lost to Newcastle oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, you're right. But um, just the fact that that, that goal in that match, uh, I don't think that was the winner. I think that was the second goal from memory. Um, but the fact that um, you, you score that goal against the champions, like, wow, just a, a stunning goal. For, for those that don't remember it, it was that uh, that just absolute bomb of a, of a volley from outside the box, which just pretty much started out at sort of waist height and didn't go above probably shoulder height that he hit it that sweetly. Yeah, it was a defensive header, I think, from Bernardo Silva. And then it just sort of didn't quite clear where Townsend was holding off outside the edge of the box. And yeah, he's just hit it flush and an just absolute, buried it in the top corner. An absolute cruise missile. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that, I think, honestly, that was probably my goal of the season as well. I particularly also liked uh, Junior Hoylet's effort against Wolves, that curled one from outside the box. I think he did that twice in the season. Delicious. Probably his um, two goals, It was the only right? two goals he <laughs> yeah. scored, and they were both worldies. Um, uh, uh, Schurler had quite a delicious goal as well, if you remember. Um, I do remember. A bit earlier on yep, in the season. Yep. And it was not only the finish, but the touch to bring it down over his shoulder and then just finished it first time. It that reminded was delicious me a little well. bit, I think, of Vardy's effort in the in the championship season yes. against Liverpool. Um, and Jermaine Defoe did one a couple... I think it, was, I think it might have been that same season. Um, the one that beat Salah's... Uh, uh, effort for goal of the month when Salah won the Puskas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what Not a farce. Bitter, but... What an absolute farce. <laughs> uh, yeah, Son Son scored that brilliant goal where he, where he took on half of the Chelsea team as well. Oh, um, what do you mean? He had a blocker in the form of Jorginho running <laughs> alongside him. I don't think that one counts. Yeah, Jorginho is <laughs> running cover, but it still counts. Yeah. You still have to do it. Uh, and the, the Sturridge goal against Chelsea as well. Chelsea are getting some worldies scored on them, but uh, yeah. that, that one was... Um, I found that one really unsatisfying. I don't know why... It, there were and there were a couple of goals. Uh, Wait, you said you you were saying that Kepa could have done more with it or something. I know, you? and I watch it again. and I'm like, yeah, it's good, but I don't put it in the same league as some of those other ones. Sorry, put some mate. put some respect on Brisbane <laughs> Roars, Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, any more? Any more, Tommy? You want to mention before we move on? No, nah, let's keep going, mate. Uh, so Own next- goal of the season. Uh, look, I, I had a lot this, here. Uh, this season had a lot <laughs> yeah. in it. And not only actual own goals, but a lot of own goal moments. Yeah. Uh, what have you got for us? Look, I don't have any actual own goals. Uh, they're all, uh, I guess, um, more than a game own goals. Um, they had the, the Spurs Stadium fiasco and how they only moved in in, what, April? Um, you had uh, Torreira and Aubameyang coming on um, uh, against Spurs in March. Uh, one of them getting sent off and one of them missing a pen just... Like that, that kind of thing keeps managing up. Subs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we all remember Pogba's run up, uh, uh, sort of the fiasco that went along with that, how he decided to do some sort of 20 step run up, but um, tiny steps. Um, and then I think he, uh, I think he missed or had two or three saved consecutive, uh, yeah, consecutively and was just like, oh man, come and on. And then he stopped doing it. Yeah, exactly. But started scoring pens again. Mm. Um, and finally, uh, Lloris, Hugo Lloris getting uh, charged for drink driving early on in the season, which, yeah, just another of those ones where as a manager, your captain gets done doing that and you're like, oh man, come on, what are you doing? Killing me here. Um, didn't seem to really hurt his season, obviously. It did rattle him a little bit. He was a little bit, uh, a little bit patchy after that and I should yeah, know because yeah. he was my fantasy keeper. So, <sighs> ouch. In draft. You know, you gotta you gotta go for who you can get. 
Uh, but um, no, he, he he did all right. He hung in there for me. What about you, mate? What, what were your own goals of the season, mate? My, actually, I have uh, I have a couple of different examples to you. I was Ooh. thinking we were going to have the same examples. Well, for I'm, I'm concerned we, about that. We haven't discussed our <laughs> we haven't like sort of discussed our notes uh, before the podcast. There's a little bit of a listener insight, but we don't actually. Uh, <laughs> yes, we do discuss what we do prep, but we don't actually talk about what each other's going to say. Um, for me, uh, the the Pickford blunder at the Merseyside derby and, and the last kick of the game where Origi uh, uses his dreadlocks. To just knock that <laughs> knock that ball in after it's like dribbled across the uh, top of the crossbar and um, and in off Oregi's head um, to give Liverpool uh, that one. Uh, stubborn Sari is a big own goal for me, um, oh, and really? I think I hope George will appreciate me saying in, this. In, in what terms? Do you mean the Kepa incident, or no, do you mean so he wouldn't just change, he wouldn't change his lineup? Yeah. Like the whole season, he was he was just trying to play through Jorginho, which was working. And we were saying at the start of the season, in the first couple of games, we were like, "Wow, you know, Sari ball's really up and running here. Look at Jorginho just controlling these games." And then you know, by about the fifth round, people had figured figured him out, and he just didn't change anything for about fifteen games, and they were yeah. like losing and dropping points. And not score, and just all teams had to do is put someone on Jorginho, and that was it. But then Sari was just refusing to change anything up until it was basically too late. Yeah, and I guess his uh, reluctance to use Ruben Loftus Cheek and Hudson Adoy that seems now just short sighted. And when they came on, and towards the end of the season, and in the Europa League, they were doing it all the way. But then when they were getting starts in the Premier League, they were just really showing their quality as well. So that's definitely an own own goal of the season for me. Obviously, you have to say Mourinho's an own goal. uh, Classic in general, (laughs) classic classic third season Mourinho syndrome. Um, It feels like such a long time ago that Mourinho was even in the Premier League, but. There we go. Um, and then you, and then this season, um, you, you had sort of racism in the grounds, rearing its sort of ugly yeah. head. That, that, uh, a few sort of incidents stand out, like the uh, there was a few Chelsea fans, and um, it, it's been going on at, at a couple of games, but it, it was getting a bit of um, a, a bit of headway, a bit of headlines uh, this season. So, yeah. and yeah. some of the anti-Semitism, like for example, at Spurs games, yeah, like, you know, some of that read. And there was there, yeah, some people them, so. like making racist comments against Son as well. He was like their most <laughs> loved player. I just don't understand but uh so that was that was big football's a complex world at times isn't it big own goal as well uh all right player signings uh some brilliant players came in this season uh tommy who stood out for you as as the player signing of the season i've got a bucket load here i guess i'll I'll start with um sort of the honorable mentions maybe first i had um uh dubravka the newcastle goalkeeper i thought he was fantastic fabianski obviously did very well at west ham uh babble did well at fulham when he came in uh, James Madison did really well um, in his first season in the Premier League, uh, as well as Ricardo uh, Pereira as well at um, at Leicester. João uh, Machinho as well did was a fantastic, shrewd <coughs> signing. Brought some leadership, some calmness to five million to- pounds they paid for him. Ridiculous, right? Incredible. Obviously, Uncle Georgie uh, has uh, had a, a massive influence on that deal. But uh, my signing of the year actually goes to another Wolves player, which was Raul Jimenez. I mm. think um, with without him, like he was big and physical and worked his ass off every game, got goals, all kinds of records, brought some too. quality, and just without him, I think they would have been a very different team. But and he gave he huge, gave him a focal huge point. He really yeah. delivered. He's the he's I think. He, from memory, he's the highest scoring. He's, he's gone past Chicharito, um, certainly in terms of score involvements, but I think also in terms of a um, of goals in a, in a season as well. If not, oh, he's just yeah. gone level with him. But um, that, uh, to you know, that's that's great to be one of the best Mexicans, if not the best Mexican in the Premier League. But mm. also, uh, he's set Wolves. Uh, 
record for um, goal goal involvements as well in, in the top flight season. So brilliant for them. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of the same as you. I thought Fabianski was a, an amazing pickup for West yeah, Ham. Hammer of the year as well. Yeah, and that, where would we have been easy. without him? Yeah, I thought Felipe Anderson was, was quite a good pickup for West Ham. He yeah. didn't. He, he had a bit of a disrupted season. Um, you well, know, he was he blew a bit hot and cold. When yeah. he was hot, he was unplayable for, for some stretches and he was criticised early on in the season for not tracking back and not working hard enough defensively but he um he actually has more successful tackles than any centre back in the league yeah which is kind of odd crazy <laughs> um yeah I, I had Madison I had Jimenez uh Allison uh, for Liverpool, oh, I think yep, it can't yep. be understated what an upgrade that he is on Mille and Carrius. Uh, so uh, he was he's, he's worth every every cent they paid for him. Yeah, it was uh, huge. I had Moutinho as well for five million pounds. That's crazy it's a steal, isn't it? Uh, insane bit of business. Um, and also David Brooks. Uh, oh, since we yeah, don't have course, Damo here, yeah. I'll give a shout out to his boy Brooksy because I, I do think he had a, he had an incredible season and stepped up um, perfectly from the championship. Yeah, and well. I remember in the first couple of games, uh, like you sort of scout some of these players for fantasy, um, but he and he looked good, but he didn't just look good. He was actually effective and scored goals and made assists for for Bournemouth and really stepped uh, stepped up um, this season. So yeah, great signing for Bournemouth, and you know he's going to be back better and stronger and still very young as well. He's still yeah. got probably Looking a little bit of physical development. Next season, yeah, seeing the improvement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Down the other end now, not necessarily Ooh. signings, but underperforming players. Tommy, who was your spud of the season? Again, I had a few. Um, you had Fredgy at uh, Man United, just so disappointing. I, I think some of that comes down to Mourinho and possibly not given uh, the trust. And I feel a bit... I, I feel like I should defend... Fred a little bit. I think he had a tough run. He wasn't given many opportunities. I, I agree. The team was just playing garbage around him. Yeah. Like if United win a few of those games that he plays in, he doesn't look as bad. Yeah. I, I totally agree, but they spent fifty million pounds on him. How can he not be a spud when really like he, he didn't play a lot of games and still isn't really playing a lot even under uh Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So he was one. Uh Higuain, I've got down as a spud because I think he's only scored against like relegated teams, which is yeah, not great. He was meant to be sort of the saviour for, for Chelsea. Um someone who we already mentioned or I already mentioned before was Joe Hart. He went down as a, one of my spuds. And also someone um I put down was Kennedy for the, that performance against uh, Cardiff very, very early on in the season. Didn't see much of him after that. No, exactly. And I, when I was going through some of my old pod notes... I forgot and, he even played. Yeah, exactly. Like like he, they, they just basically rubbed him out. They erased him from existence after they, that. They what? They rubbed him out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He was done. Yeah, yeah, so to speak. <laughs> right, let's get moving. I'm going to follow we? that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any, any more from you, Tommy? No, nah, mate, that's it. Yeah, so I had, I had a few of those as well. I had Joe Hart on on my uh, list for his uh I think he's done slump. a Premier League level now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he's cooked. Um, I had Mustafi there as well. Oh, he yeah. had an absolute mare, especially the second half of the season. Uh, Dennis Suarez. Oh, yeah, he barely, barely made it onto the pitch, I think. Yeah. Uh, Seri, I think, was a very expensive uh, blunder for, you know, £40 million. He didn't really offer a much. He, got, he scored that worldie very early on when Fulham were playing yeah. some good football at the start of the season. But from there, he didn't really... He's a bit of a luxury player who it doesn't really do the hard work that they needed from him. He's, he's sort of very... He's looks like a player who's set up for a better team. Yeah, and one of the one of the problems there was uh, similar to Fredgy how like the team wasn't set up 
particularly well for him. He didn't have a lot of help. He needed someone mobile. He needed an Ndidi or a Kante next to him, someone who's going to get through all of that running and tackling and allow him to be a bit more creative. And yeah, mm. a lot of that goes that falls onto Yukanovic as well, I think. And I've got a two-way tie. I think Ooh. I couldn't separate these two for my spud of the season. Mm. Uh, the first one is Morata. Yeah, from oh, Chelsea. I forgot about him. Yeah, <laughs> obviously you you still got a massive chip on your shoulder because you drafted him in the first round of for, not uh, the sorry, first round. Sorry, second round, second no, round. No, not um, even the second oh, round. Really? I I drafted him at a point in the draft, <laughs> listeners, where uh, <laughs> there was a there was a, a very uh, very small amount of strikers left, and I was faced between uh, picking Murata and picking Vardy, and I, I chose wrong. Ouch! Hold my hand up. Uh, yeah, he did absolutely nothing for Chelsea. The poor bloke. Like I do feel. He was just his confidence was absolutely shot. He was yeah. get, he was getting it from the fans week in week out. They had no choice but to try and play him into a bit of form, and it just didn't happen for him. He, he looks like he, he had a good start at, at Letty, and you know wish him all the best. He's a quality player, but um yeah, just had a shit time at Chelsea. Uh, tying with Morata for my spot of the season though uh, has to be Alexis Sanchez. Oh, I forgot about the him. The highest wage He's- earner in the Premier League. Uh, he's barely getting on for United, and but I, that's not an excuse. That's just because you can see how garbage he is. Whenever he gets on, yeah. he's just he is an absolute shadow of the player he was. Like what? It's sad. Two years it? ago at Arsenal, he looked like one of the best players in the league. Yeah, really, really sad. I think to see him drop off the way he has. Like everyone knows that he's he. He, he had has a couple been, of big years with lots of football. Like well, the, he, he didn't have a summer off, I think, for yes, five years because yes. he went to Copper America World Cup. Um, All and that it's stuff. just it's he's just burnt out. I yeah, think. he's cooked, and he's done well. I think to last to this long in his career, he's had he's been uh, he's had good sort of longevity. I think up to this point, but yeah, it's going to catch up with him eventually. I struggled about whether or not I would put Jorginho on here because, yeah, it's probably a bit harsh. I think he's a borderline spud because, like, yes, he got found out, but also in his defense, it's not really his fault because he was just put into that system and given that role by Sari and he was getting found out every week. So he's not a defensive midfielder. Yeah, I think, uh, well, yeah, he's a a register. Register? Yeah. Um, But I think... um, Actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that... Um, you think he is a spark? No. no. <laughs> I think um, the underperformance uh, of Ross Barkley, Kovacic, and to a lesser degree, Kante, in what is a position that's not his best position, uh, has been has played a massive role in Jorginho not really being the, the success that he could have been um, because, obviously, the, the that Sarah ball system relies on uh, those two more advanced central midfielders to be to be doing a doing a job and providing that creativity moving into that space. Well, but yeah, it was, really and again, that's Sari's fault because you've got Kante playing against him and he's not a creative player. Exactly, Kante is yeah. the six. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he's not a spud. He's spud adjacent. He's a vegetable. <laughs> uh, uh, last but not least, I have to I have to include Pogba on here. He, he he was in some people's teams of the season. I think he was in the PFA team of the season and fantastic on like not fantastic, but he had his career best season in terms of goal yeah. return. Thirteen goals, double, nine assists, yeah, double figures. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like, watch him play football. Useless and goes missing in the big games. Yeah. He was just nowhere to be found when United are getting you know spanked by teams like far below them in terms of ladder ladder position and and um, squad depth and squad. Uh, investment so yeah you need your talisman basically to be playing better for you and, and dragging you out of those games rather than going missing in them let's let's revisit Pogba when we get up to the the team reviews mate. yeah definitely uh all right then uh that takes us on to our player of the season we'll try, we'll try and 
go go for a bit less here. Like, give us a couple, Tommy, and then give us your your player of the season. Settle on one. Um, my my short list is uh, they're all Liverpool and City players. Um, given the seasons that they had, uh, you had Van Dijk, Robertson, Sterling, Mane, and Laporte. I haven't got Salah in there, even though he top scored. Yeah, I don't have him in mind. Like I thought he had a good season, but he wasn't the same player that lit up the league the season before. Yeah, still, still joint tie for the Golden Boot. Yeah, still had a great still, season. Still had a great season, but it's tough not to judge him on against the season he had the season before. Even though no one expected that he was going to make it back to that, yeah, you have to judge him against. You can only be judged against the last thing that he did. Exactly, which is why I actually had Van Dijk as as my player of the season. I thought he was just so immense and. You see that Liverpool are a different side without him, um, whereas m- almost all of the other players that I had in the, that short list, most of the teams can kind of get by. Maybe maybe Robertson's the other player that um, Liverpool are very different without, but it's because they don't really have an alternative. Whereas Liverpool do have some other decent centre-backs, but definitely not in the same class as Van Dijk. Yeah, that's uh, look. My my short list is pretty similar to yours, um, but I didn't go Van Dyke for my player of the season. I actually went full Tommy C, uh, and I went with Bilva. Oh, I thought you were going to say James Madison. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bilva, look, he went from being an occasional fill-in for Dilva and KDB to one of the first names on the team sheet. He's yeah. equally dangerous, played through the middle or cutting in from the right. Um, he, it, for me, he could have been in the team of the season in those two positions, uh, hands down. Um, I just. Think- I think one of the biggest things about City has been is that Guardiola gets um, what you would probably consider luxury players like Bilver and Dilva and gets them working so hard. Bilver wins back the ball so often, which is massive for that City team. So um, he's amazing going forward, but also puts in a massive shift defensively as well. Two honourable mentions from me. Uh, One is Robbo, who you mentioned before. They signed him for £8 million. From wow. Hull. That's Incredible. amazing business, isn't it? Incredible. Eight million pounds from Hull, and he goes on to become arguably one of the best left backs in Europe. Yeah, well, he's equal, if not the world, right? He's, like, equaled, he's equaled the Premier League record for the for uh, assists by a defender with 11, uh, only to be uh, pipped by Trent Alexander-Arnold on the final day of the season, <laughs> who now holds the record uh, with 12. Uh, one of the biggest engines in world football, I would yeah. say. The way he gets up, if you watch him play football, he just gets it's up. It's exhausting just in, watching, isn't out. it? I've, I've never seen the man look tired. Yeah. Um, and my, my final honourable mention uh, is Son. Um, oh, in an yeah, already stretched Spurs squad full of fatigued English World Cup players, Son, like he, he went away to the Asian Games. He went away, albeit briefly, to the Asian Cup. Yep. Um, earning, and when he went to the Asian Games, he got himself an exemption from military service, which mm. was brilliant for him. Um, and, then, um, and then sort of saw Spurs through to a Champions League final in the absence of Harry Kane. So, I mean, he's, he's got to be in there for me. Yeah, probably Spurs is, well, definitely Spurs' player of the season, I thought. Got to be. Sort of an injury ravaged season for, for Kane. Finally, before we get on to team season reviews, this is this is going to be uh, my favourite bit. What were you right about, uh, and what were you wrong about this season? Oh dear. Uh, so I had a I had a bunch of things that I got really right, and a bunch of things I got really wrong. Start with whichever you like. So uh, I'll go through them in I guess no particular order. Um, I was very right about Wolves, and that's satisfying. I was very. They wrong. even did better than you thought they were going to do. You thought they were going to come tenth, and they they came seventh. So I think they. Yeah, that and that just says something because when you said they were going to finish tenth, I think a lot of Andy people went, was a, nah. Andy was a little bit more like, oh yeah, I can see that, and I, I like I was like, 
No, I, I don't. I, think I, I don't placed see them it. the highest out you of did, yeah. uh, all of the the hosts uh, and pod regulars. Um, but yeah, like the the fact that even still they managed three spots ahead, they'll be in Europe or yeah, they'll they'll be in Europe next season. Is that a playoff spot for Europa League? Is uh, it? I'm not sure mm, whereabouts anyway. they go into the Europa League, but yeah, the fact that they're playing European football next year is ridiculous. Uh, huge, huge progress for them. Um, very wrong about Fulham. Disappointing. Covered that already. Uh, I was wrong about how shit the other top six teams would be. Uh, I was really disappointed by Arsenal, Spurs, Man United, Chelsea, and they all had really poor stretches uh, for long parts of the season. Uh, pretty much spot on about the makeup of the top uh, mid-table teams. Um, and obviously we're right about Huddersfield and to a lesser extent, and sadly, Cardiff. Um, I was actually surprised how long Cardiff managed to basically be in hang it. in there yeah like i think everyone expected they would do a hardest field and be relegated by march that's what we all said we all said that in our season preview we were like these these guys are bolted onto the bottom they only got officially relegated in i think the second last week so yeah look big effort from them just did all the the little things right got points pretty much consistently throughout the season pretty amazing effort really like i've actually like we um we'll go through them shortly where we give each team a, a rating but i've been pretty kind, I think. Yeah. Pretty generous to Cardiff. You can't, you can't be too harsh on them for the for the uh, you know the the season they put in, yeah. given the circumstances. I got quite a few things wrong. I can't actually <laughs> hold my hand up to too much that I got right. To be honest, uh, I said that Mitrovic and Rondon wouldn't wouldn't cut it in the Premier oh, League. Awkward. They both did uh, amazingly well and and pretty much had the, the the seasons of their career. Rondon more so, but Mitrovic yeah. also played very well and I think should come up to another Premier League club. Yeah. Um, I was wrong about Brighton. I said that they would go down, but only just. I was wrong about Southampton. I said that they were circling the drain and they would go down, and, and they've well, turned it around. But they did look under like it. Yeah, they did look like they were going down under uh, Hughes. And Definitely. Um, but to their credit, they turned it around, and we'll cover them more mm-hmm. in our uh, team season reviews. Uh, I was definitely wrong about Fulham. Uh, predicted them to be lower mid table. Um, few things I was right about. I was right about Salah. I told you who scored 20 plus goals. <laughs> Two season wonder. <laughs> Two season wonder. Just like Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> what does he know? A five season wonder? Yeah. Six season wonder? Um, oh, and I was right about like where City and Liverpool would play. So I picked them first and second, but that was easy. Everyone pretty much picked that. True. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't we move on then to our team season reviews? Uh, the, the, the way that I thought we would do this, Tommy, is we, for each team, um, I think we should uh, answer four questions. What made uh, that team season or, or maybe what let them down? You can say one or you can say either or both, depending on what you want. Whether they underachieved or overachieved, um, give them a grade um, and let us know what they need for next season. Um and so I think what we'll do is we'll start. Um, we'll we'll just go down the table in the order that the teams finished in. So yeah. starting with um, Manchester City, um, what made their season or, or what let them down? But I'm, I assume you don't have a point for what let, let them no, down. <laughs> I, I, I pretty much just put that they. Uh, my notes say that they uh, were just huge offensively and defensively. Like obviously they pressed very high up the field, and they were very good at sort of that tactical foul. They scored they lots won. of goals and they didn't concede very many. No, like so, look. We, we've almost discussed them sort of ad nauseum throughout this season, but just the juggernaut rolls on and the fact that they've gone back to back is just so massive. Um, yeah, Liverpool pushed them all the way, but geez, such deserving champions. Probably, I'm, I'm not actually trolling you there, Colby, but very, very deserved champions. Just I agree. I huge, agree. Huge effort to get 97 points in the Premier League. 98. 
Uh, oh, yeah, good point. Sorry, yeah. yep. Uh, I gave him an A+. Plus. Wow. <laughs> Did that, so, and so, do you think that's an overachievement? Is that about where you expected? or I still think it's an overachievement just to be able to be that consistent over 38 games and to play the quality that they play is unreal. They don't need a lot next season, really, do no. they? Maybe a left back. Yeah. That's yeah. That's about it. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, the same for me. I, yeah. What what made this season? They never ever dropped their intensity against any team, no matter who they were. That they, they were up for every single game. They had the same intensity against Huddersfield as they did against Liverpool. It's still scary to think about that they could go on and win a third. Like they're just they're looking that good. And the there's uh, I think there's uh, Sane's been linked away, but uh, so they they're probably going to need a left back, probably another attacking player. Um, not sure what's going on with Gabby Jesus, if he's happy or if mm. uh, he's sort of developing the way that um, he was originally viewed. Yep. Um, so you, you still know that they're going to be signing players this year. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. so they won. So I'd say they're slightly overachieved. They mm. won the treble or quadruple if you count the community shield. I've given them an A. I'm not giving them an A plus because they didn't crack a ton again. Oh, jeez. So harsh. <laughs> uh, and I think the other the other thing that they might want to have a look at for next season is a centre back uh, company. And I hear I'm hearing Ottomendi uh, might be going as well. So yeah. uh, and Stones was a little bit in and out of the team. So they might uh, Pep might want another uh, you know sort of elite centre back to partner with Laporte. Yeah, that's true. But- All right, moving on, Liverpool. Tommy, uh, what made their season or what let them down? Um, this was a really different Liverpool to seasons past. Like they were a much more sort of uh, controlled and sort of restrained in some ways. You didn't have that heavy heavy metal football. They weren't sort of a swashbuckling attacking football. This was a Liverpool. It was like soft on. rock. Yeah, but it was all about just defensive solidity. Uh, like I said before, um, Van Dijk was just immense, but Allison was a massive upgrade for them as well. And uh, Robertson also was like probably by a distance the best left back in the in the league. So look, um, didn't need a lot. Just so unlucky that they came up against that City team. Um, look, I'm going to give them an, an A minus though. Um, no, that was I was I was expecting a bite there, mate, but obviously not. Uh, look, I'm going to give them an A plus. Wow, they're just immense. It, like we said, uh, like you said earlier on in the piece, um, just so unlucky that they've come. That's up a trophy, against... isn't it? A plus. <laughs> <laughs> Desperate for that runners up trophy, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, look. You, you, you basically said it all. They nailed their recruitment. I know they brought Van Dyke in sort of at the end of last season, but him and Allison. Um, uh, keep going. Uh, yeah, they and, and while they only lost one game, I'd say that the, the thing that let them down slightly is they're still dropping points, certainly not to the, the, the degree that they have in seasons past, but they're still dropping points against uh, lower opposition that needs tightening up if they really want to get to that city level, like they drew to Leicester, West Ham and Everton. Mm-hmm. like, And that's really what brought them undone. And that's a good point is uh, I actually almost, uh, for some reason I had him in uh, my spot of the season um, notes, but he's not in there now for whatever reason. But uh, I actually thought Cater was really disappointing this season. He sort of came good for for He gets a pass from me. Like, yeah, but he hasn't quite been up to fitness. He's been injured yeah. and that midfield's been chopping and changing. Like he really was coming good towards the end. I think, give him, I think give him half a season next season before you judge him. Fair point, fair point. I think, but um, so I, yeah, I actually could, thought- could he have sort of breached the that gap? Is he going to? I think he was uh, signed with a view to being uh, the player that was going to enable them to have more thrust from midfield, more goals from midfield, which they don't really have. He still might. He still might. True. Um, I, I said that. I wouldn't say they overachieved or underachieved. I, I've given them about an even, and I've given them a B plus. I mean, you Ooh. know. 
<clears throat> they couldn't help who they were up against, but you got you got to win the league with with a team like this. You got to build on it. Now they need depth. They need another elite centre back to partner Van Dyke, and they need a sort of another another striker to uh, you know give them something different up front. That's so harsh. I think. <laughs> well, let's keep going, yeah. Chelsea, um, Tommy, what what were your thoughts on them? What what made this season, or, or what let let them down? Really, really tough season. It's hard to say whether or not they've overachieved or underachieved. They fin- I think they finished third, didn't they? Third, yep. Which seems like they've overachieved, but obviously, really tough season. Um, Up two points uh, from last season when they finished in fifth. Really odd. If just, you could believe that. Yeah, that it's hard to hard to fathom. Really, um, I think. Um, it was interesting watching this pan out. I'm glad I'm not a Chelsea supporter because this would have been, I think, a really tough season to Frustrating. watch. Frustrating. Yeah. Um, and it's. I think it's only going to get more interesting uh, to watch as they deal with Sari Ball evolving and also how they deal with this transfer ban. Obviously, they've got squillions of players coming back from loan deals, but who are they going to keep? Like, you've got Bakayoko, who's at Milan, who didn't really have an amazing season, I don't think. Um, you've got Mason Mount and a few other guys coming back from the champion uh, championship. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I think, is injured. Uh, long-term injury now. hudson Adoy, I think. Injured as well. Yeah, so some of the players that they might have otherwise looked to... Well, they've got an off-season um, to see how they how they get on, so... Yeah, and like we've already said about how Higuain was a bit of a bit of a fail as well so ultimately they, they need someone that's going to score them goals and i don't know where the, who that's going to be yet so well a transfer ban so who, exactly. who who out of their current crop are gonna gonna be there especially if um especially if hazard goes yeah and that's that's the real risk that's going to be the one to watch over the summer i think yeah um but yeah i, I gave him a b because just a real mixed bag not a lot of positives yeah they sort of came good got like a uh, the final position that they would be happy with. They're playing Champions League again next season, but just a but a weird season. Yeah, that's right. And and similar. I had I had a similar sort of review, Tommy. Mm. I gave them a B as well. Um, I think it was critical that they finished in a Champions League spot, given Huge, their isn't it? given um, the transfer ban. Um, but yeah, they they're going to need to trust in their own players and trust in their youth more for next season. I think they also like the the board and the the directors there need to put some faith in Sari and and back him as well and say, look, we're, we're we're stuck with you now. Like we need to ride this out because uh, it it could still get worse before it gets better. Um, and it's I think it's going to be a tough two years for for Chelsea. I don't Very think they're going to be challenging for the title, but they can be competitive in other ways. I guess Spurs in fourth place. Uh, what made their season or what let them down? I think squad depth is the big issue here. Like um, I think they actually had a, a pretty damn good season like they what well, they finished fourth Champions League again as you said um, they're into the new stadium uh, I think making the Champions League final will help them somewhat with recruitment um, but geez the the big one for me is over this offseason about whether or not they can retain Ericsson I think Ericsson's one of the best players in the league and people laugh at me because of that but I think Spurs without Ericsson I think are a it's a different ballpark. Um, Ericsson, I think, could happily slot into Barcelona or Real Madrid's uh, midfield. And so um, lose him and you're genuinely losing a world-class player, I think. So, look, I gave him a, a B plus, um, But uh, sort of that's influenced somewhat, I guess, because they made the Champions League final. So if Son and Kane uh, go off in the summer, you're happy so long as they keep Ericsson? Not Kane, but I think Son's probably replaceable. Wow, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I agree. I think fatigue really 
you, you saw that. You saw them run out of steam again at the end of the season. You saw yeah. that drop off again. Yeah. I think it's been like the third, fourth, fifth season in a row now where we've seen Spurs looking like, you know, midway through the season, looking like they could go and challenge for the title and then just run out of gas at the end of the season due to the like almost criminal levels of underinvestment in this squad, yeah. given what Potch has been able to do with what he's had to work with. Um, how long does he remain patient with this situation as well? Like, I think, uh, and I mean, he said it himself, and I don't know whether he's just agitating or whether it's genuine, but he basically was like sort of joking in a press conference, uh, you know, after they got into the Champions League final, like, oh, you know, if we win it, I might have to ride off into the sunset. Like, <laughs> I might have to I might have to leave because I know that's as good as it, with the implication or the sort of subtext being, you know, I know this is as good as it's going to get. Um, yeah, and so why I would think, you hang around, right? Yeah, but... To, to give them a, a sort of evaluation on their season alone, if you if you take out um, how well um, they're doing in the Champions League to make it to a historic first Champions League final, I think you'd have to say they slightly underachieved. They were down on points from mm. last season. Um, and they were in a position to really challenge. They were in a position um, to challenge. Were, and, I think and at one point, like, they were only sort of three points off those top two, and then they pretty much just They could have made it. it a three-way tie, and then they struggled to make top four. So you, you yeah. can't... You've, you've got to say that's a slight underachievement. I've still actually given them a B. Um, you know, they could have challenged for the title, but faded, and but they made it to a Champions League final. Yet you have to, you have to sort of still see that. You have there's to view team, that in the context of the season. Yeah. There's still a team that really have to prioritise one competition over others because of their lack of squad depth, yeah. which that hurts them. Investment and depth for Spurs. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Arsenal in fifth. Tommy, what made their season or let them down? Jeez, Arsenal and Man United have got pretty similar notes that just what the fuck pretty much like Arsenal like this squad is unbalanced and bloated and lots of issues that remain from um, uh, Wenger's time at the club I think Emery's done a pretty decent job considering the squad that he's got um, but look <clears throat> excuse me a big job ahead of uh, Emery in the next probably two um, uh, next two transfer windows gonna need to get rid of some players bring some players in um, still got a lot of like sort of attacking midfielders that aren't genuine wingers, don't provide a lot of width. Um, still got problems at the back in sort of defensive midfield, just problems everywhere. So look, I gave him a gave him a C plus, um, but uh, not a lot of positives, I guess. I think this season for for Arsenal fans, and I think this this could get worse before it gets better. Um, they're going to need to really nail their player recruitment in the next two years for them to get anywhere near challenging the title. Um, yeah, what about you, Colby? Yeah, um, look, I think what made this season, um, Aubameyang and, and Lacazette mm. um, forming a great partnership. Aubameyang shared the golden boot in his first season. Mm. Um, you know, just, First full just season, yeah. First full season, so uh, did did exactly what um, he was brought in to do. Still a, a soft, uh, was a, a flat track bully though. Like, I don't think he scored against a, a top six team. Uh, I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but still contributed very positively to them. Obviously, their defence was the thing that let them down. They shipped 51 goals. And for context, Spurs, just above them, shipped 39. Wow. So um, that's something that they definitely need to work on for next season. Mustafi's cooked um, and they need a Ramsey replacement in the midfield. It might be Torreira, it might be someone else, but they, they, need, some, they need some reinforcement there. Um, so I think in terms of an overachievement or underachievement, to be honest, it's probably about even in my view. Um, I mean, this is their first season post Wenger, um, and they finished higher than they did last season and, and played some decent football. So I've given them a B. Fair. 
United uh, mm. in sixth place. I think we've both got a little bit to say about United, <laughs> but uh, what about you, Tommy? What made their season and what let them down? Um, look, uh, arguably, Mourinho tried his best to ruin the season. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer looked, looked good when he first came in and he thought, geez, they're going to push it all the way here for, for Champions League spots. 12-game unbeaten run when he came in. Yeah, but geez, didn't the wheels come off pretty quickly, though? Um, this this squad is a mess. Um, yeah. They're really, uh, I guess, reaping what they've sowed with the, the different managerial appointments, the sort of scattergun approach to recruitment, no real strategy. It's obviously they don't Just have... Just throwing a, money at people. Yeah, like we talked about Alexis Sanchez before, but look, he's he's one of many now that don't really fit into that team. And you've got Ander Herrera who's leaving now. Who's Your boy, yeah, I think he's really underrated. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. I think that happened um, I think just after our, just after our podcast last week, and I remember thinking, "Gee, that's a shame." I would have loved to ask Tommy about that on the podcast, but I'm glad you brought it up. He, he's arguably someone who gives them balance in midfield. He can play in a two or a three, and I, I think he he's not one of the the problems there. I think um, pro- one of the one of the big problems is is that I don't think Pogba's good enough to be the main man. I think Pogba. Is uh, can be good on his day, but um, he's he's not going to lead. He's not a leader uh, in the same way that like you look at the best players in other other midfields are like the likes of Ericsson and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Like some of these guys are so consistent, but Pogba just isn't. He's he's not consistent enough for a a team that wants to be challenging for the Champions League and for the Premier League title. Um, so I, I'm wondering even if Man United, if a big big bid comes in, if they would just go, yeah, all right, maybe this is actually a good thing moving forward and they, they cut their losses with him because obviously he's on big money. That's um, that's going to be much easier said than done. Because, oh, yeah, exactly. Like if he's, you know, presumably, I haven't looked, but presumably he's got a couple of, quite a few years left on his contract. It would have been on a five-year deal. It would have like, been on a big deal. So he um, would have maybe two years left. If you're Sanchez, no one's going to come and pick you up. You're not going to take a pay cut. Yeah, well, there's talk of uh, even still uh, Man United having to pay half of Sanchez's I think that, wages I before they right. consider going anywhere else. Correct. Um, uh, what else? So, yeah, so I think they've they've underachieved, but considering their squad's such a mess, uh, look, I end up giving him a C. Very similar to me again, Tommy. Um, Mate, we're going to have to find something to disagree about. Otherwise, we're going to be like, yeah, good point, good point. Have some fights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, very, very big underachievement this season. You, Yeah, like you've talked about the Mourinho and the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The magic wore off as soon as he was appointed permanently. Um, and then the way they ended the season was just like, if you're a United fan... You, it was a joke, would, wasn't it? It, was, yeah, it would have been embarrassing. Like they drew to already re- relegated Huddersfield and lost to already relegated Cardiff. Um, and those well, win, they still wins had in those... To play. Wins well. in those two games could have put them in the Champions League spot, and now they've got no Champions League football next season. And I think what really um, sort of cost them this season was the inconsistency. They made the most changes to their starting eleven um, out of any team in the league. Wow! Yeah, 131 changes to the, their uh, starting eleven, and that's 15 more than any other club. For context, I gave them a C as well. Um, and I agree. I think they somehow need to move on Sanchez and other high-value, high-wage-earning players, and they need to actually make some smart signings now. Yeah. The, now that they don't have the Champions League to attract um, that top, top-quality talent, they need they need a director of football, basically, was, to make that those smart decisions and not just throw money at big names and it doesn't work. I was uh, actually going to say uh, that 
the most important signing they can make over the summer will be a director of football, not necessarily a new manager or a specific player or in a specific position. They need a director of football who knows what he's doing because they're a rabble at the moment. And I think, as I said before, I think with uh, Arsenal and Chelsea, I think this is going to get worse before it gets better. I think they might be lucky if they even make Europa's, excuse me, Europa League spots next year. A team uh, who aren't a rabble uh, are Wolves. <laughs> uh, Tommy, what went right for them this season? Just uh, a lack of injuries. Uh, I think they were... You, you talked about Man United uh, having huge uh, number of uh, team changes week to week, but uh, Wolves were just so lucky. They put the out the same starting 11 and like every game until basically December or something like yeah. that. They didn't make a change to their starting 11. It's it was incredible. Unreal, really. Like, and they've got so, some players on their bench who can come on and, and play as well and make a difference. But Yeah, um, like Den- Dendonga didn't really even play for the first half of the season. Then yeah. he came in in the second half and did really well. Um, they were able to sort of play uh, uh, Diego Jota into into form as well when he started the season. I think he was uh, wasn't hundred percent fit, but yeah, he came came back strong in the second half of the season. Um, obviously, took heaps of points off of the top six teams, uh, but really struggled against the bottom uh, team. So look, uh, I thought that was sort of interesting. So they're going to have to to figure out a way of how to deal with that next season. Um, Jimenez and Johnny obviously are now uh, signed permanently rather than just on loan deals, which they arrived on. So massive, massive uh, for them. Uh, obviously, massive overachievement though. Uh, gave Manet incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think what went right for them, they they just kept playing their football. I know that sounds like a cliche, but they kept playing that bold, brave football against everyone, and and you saw that work just an absolute treat against the top six. Re- really measured, weren't they? Like they had a game plan and they always stuck to it and. Yeah, definite, definite, smart football. Uh, yeah, definitely overachieved. They're undisputed best of the rest. Um, and they just Everton exceeded. Cup winners. Everton Cup winners, <laughs> we can now say. I gave them an A as well. I think next season they just need to build on this. Mm. Um, that's that's really it. More, more of the same, please. Look, we saw how much Burnley struggled with European football on an earlier start of the season. It's going to be interesting watching who, who Wolves sign to sort of give them a little bit more squad depth with the extra games. Bit of depth, yeah. Yeah, and um, and how they deal with inevitable injuries and turnover in that starting eleven. So I think they're going to struggle to match that same achievement from this season. But yeah, who knows? Great club moving in the right direction. Everton Cup runners-up, Everton. <laughs> uh, Tommy, how did you see their season? This was a weird season for Everton, wasn't it? Like we were talking um, only, what, two or three months ago about... Uh, Everton and Watford wondering who got sort of the, the better side of the deal of Marco Silva leaving and Richarlison leaving. But they sort of came they came home with a really wet sail. Um they they think they I think they went like seven games without conceding a goal, for example, and just figured out how to defend. Um and I guess the next problem now is um they need to find someone who can score some goals for them. Like Richarlison played up top as the sort of main striker for a while, but it's not really his best nah, position, is it? He's better cutting in from the wide areas. I agree. So um, yeah, I think they're in desperate need of a striker. Um, but I, I do think that they're moving in the right direction. I think they've, they've settled on Marco Silva now. Now that he's found some defensive solidity, I think um, they could go a long way alongside Wolves, Leicester, uh, West Ham for pushing Man United for six next year. I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. Look out um, for Tommy's review of uh, or preview of Everton in our uh, season preview for next season. <laughs> Let's see if it's still consistent with that. Uh, gave him a B minus. 
Yeah, brilliant. I actually gave him a B minus as well. We we <laughs> genuinely have not colluded on these notes, uh, and, and I think we probably only need one person just talking through their notes. Don't I they? think they got it. I think they got it right uh, with the signings, Rich Allison, and also Luca Dean. I think was a brilliant replacement yeah. for one of the uh, one of the best left backs you know in the league previously oh, so in Leighton Baines, the see, uh, the fantasy favourite. Did you see? Um Optus had uh, Leighton Baines as one of their duds of the season, and the social yes, media just I did lit see up. That. And yeah. was just like, "What? How Why could he be? He's barely played a game." Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, and and Silva just galvanising the team towards the end of the season. I think about even in terms of whether they achieved or underachieved. I think, um, yeah, this is you know they were they're up on points from last season. They finished eighth last season as well, but finished with more points this season. Um, gave them B minus, and I think yeah they need to find a striker next season. Tossin didn't really work out. And Calvin Lewin's um, coming up, but I don't think he's quite there yet. He's not quite ready to lead the line yet. And um, also, I think they need to lock in uh, Gomez and Zuma on permanence. I don't think they're going to get Zuma. I think he's gone back to Chelsea already. But um, if you could lock in Gomez on a permanent, he looks a classy midfielder. He's done really well for them this season, hasn't he? Uh, Leicester in ninth. Tommy, uh, what went right for them this season? What a roller coaster of a season for them, right? Like so, um, obviously the their chairman Vichai uh, died in October, which was a hugely emotional uh, period for the club. Obviously the 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 chairman that took them to the Premier League title, um, and just it was really and just seems so hard. loved by the club yeah, as well. Yeah, like there's so many let's face it shit owners out there at the moment in football worldwide that it was awesome to see a club really poor. Well, not awesome, but. Great to see uh, that there are great owners out there. Like if Mike Ashley died, I don't think you're getting the same reaction people, people at Newcastle. People in the yeah. streets. To be, yeah, kind of it's a bit sad, sad. but a bit, bit morbid, but still. Yeah, but um, yeah, then they, they went on and uh, they sacked Claude Puel, which he just seems to be, speaking of loved people in football, he seems to be really just unloved in football. It doesn't seem to get a lot of plaudits, does he? Um, Claudits? No, anyway. <laughs> wow. Um, but look, uh, I thought they looked really good. Uh, oh, sorry. They, they look like they could have just faded sort of into the sort of mid-table obscurity. Um, but then they appointed Rogers, and it seemed like um, they, they found, I guess, a new lease of life in the second half of the season. Um, they've got a really great core of young players. You've got Ndidi, Madison, Tillemans, Maguire, Barnes, and Pereira, who... Um, they just need to hold on to now as well. I'm not sure if they're going to keep Tielemans. It seems unlikely. But uh, Harvey Barnes was... Uh, Come out but, of nowhere. Yeah, b- had a barnstorming second half of the season. There it is. After returning from a loan spell with uh, West Brom in the championship. Um, but yeah, I, I thought pretty much I think they've achieved. Um, I would have thought they would have... Uh, or I would have said that they were... They underachieved. Um, but their final league position and how they came home, I think... Um, the club a fair bit of credit and I think Rogers is a great uh, signing for him gave him a B brilliant uh, another one um, yeah where like Everton they finished in the same spot they finished ninth last season but they improved on that they got uh, a few more points this season and I think you were basically saying the same thing as me Tommy which was that they're a club who was proactive um, they brought in Rogers and Tillemans to take them further. Like, things weren't going wrong with Puel necessarily. Mm. I mean, yeah, like, there might be something more to it. He might be a, gen- a person who's genuinely not that liked behind the scenes. But 
I thought those two moves in particular were quite um, quite a proactive move uh, from Leicester. I think in terms of achieve or un- overachieve or underachieve, I think, yeah, about even. I gave them a B. It's a pass, uh, isn't it? A pass. Well, it's, a, uh, it's sort of solid. Um, they, they didn't slump when they could have, as you True. said. Um, and I think, yeah, next season, uh, ideally, if they could sign Tillemans permanently... Um, and I think critical to keep Chilwell and Maguire, although it looks uh, like they, true, might, yep. they might lose Chilwell. But if they can keep Maguire um, together with uh, Johnny Evans at the back, um, that that's looking like a decent little partnership. Seems like they've moved on from Wes Morgan, doesn't it? Like, oh, well, it's about sad time. As it is, but yeah, he was a club legend, a, um, and he'll you, you'll never you'll never take that Premier League medal away from him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 almost about time for him at least to be phased out. Yep. But um, and speaking of being phased out, um, they need to start thinking about a Jamie Vardy success session plan I would say as well I think he might have a season or two left in him max but you need someone who can who can be that um that figure for you they've they've tried a couple of different options sorry man I've just given you weird cramp I'm starting to cramp up (laughs) yet um I only played buddy 60 minutes today (laughs) but um uh, what was I going to say? They, they've tried a couple of different options there. Like, Slomani just didn't really work out. And they've had a couple others. And it just... Yeah. Inacho. Yeah. And Inacho just doesn't look like the player who City once thought could have just been the next big thing. Um, really sad to see. But, uh, yeah, I think they, they, they need something else other than uh, those three names. Um, yeah. Moving on to West Ham in tenth, Tommy, keep this uh, keep this under two minutes if you can. <laughs> no, I'll keep it under thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I think this was a, a solid finish given that they lost their first four games and, and people started saying, "Oh my goodness, what is happening?" Um, also, weren't anywhere near relegation, so that's a good season after the last uh, last two where they were far too close to the relegation zone for my liking. Um, what else? Uh, Probably still underachieving, noting they spent close to £100 million uh, in the summer. But um, the squad's still loaded with passengers as well. But look, really did unearth a couple of gems uh, in Issa Diop. Signed, yeah, on 20, for, for £20 million, but looks like just an absolute monster of a young defender. Mate, I've been picking him up in FIFA career mode for years. <laughs> but uh, like Mourinho called him a, a monster of a centre-back and said that whoever scouted him and brought him to the club deserved a raise. I think, when was that, in October or November or thereabouts? Um and Balboa did really well as well for only four million from South America as well. And that's well. his regular centre back pair. That's the regular yep. centre back pairing, right? Yeah. Um, but look, yeah, a lot of players that need to be moved on. Already, Andy Carroll's been moved on. Yeah, club stored. Uh, need need help in in central midfield alongside Declan Rice. And I mean, Mark Noble had a fantastic season, but uh, he's thirty three, so he can't do it forever. Um, uh, who else? Uh, n- probably need a, a left back. Zabaleta is going to go around again. So um, look, uh, I think Fredericks did. Wow, <laughs> Fredericks did show in the second half of the season that look he's good enough, but just had a bit of an injury uh, disrupted season. So look, um, sorry, we already mentioned about uh, Felipe Anderson as well. I think he he did uh, did well, but uh, just needs to find some consistency. What happens with Arnautovic? Who knows. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, if if it were me, I would I'd be keeping an out of it. He looks like, uh, yeah, a little little bit uh, disrupted with injury his season, mm. um, and particularly towards the start of the season, he was looking like quite a 
quite a player that that you know we know he can be. Yep. But yeah, the, the centre back pairing for me as well, and the emergence of Declan Rice as well, gave them that solidity through the spine. And then you put Fabianski behind them, and they looked quite a solid outfit at times. Yeah, F- Fabianski. I think without Fabianski, we could have been around the relegation. Uh, I think he made the most the saves in the league by some a distance, long way, yeah. like thirty or forty uh, yeah. saves. Um, I gave him a B minus, which. Pretty much is like a, I guess, a pass. Like, yeah, they were they were good, and I guess probably the position they finished in tenth is probably a little bit flattering. Yeah, I mean, they they improved on last season where they finished thirteenth, um, and yeah, like I was saying, they they've they've got some real solidity in the spine now. Um, Fabianski, arguably one of the signings of the season. Uh, don't forget about Yarmolenko as well, um, who who got injured halfway through the season. Let, let me guess, it was actually I think only about the sixth or seventh game. He'll be. I've already heard people saying he'll be like a new signing next season, which has got to be one of the most cringeworthy things you can hear in football. He'll be like a new signing next season, <laughs> uh, coming back into the squad. No, but I, I totally agree with your assessment, Tommy. I think they've got a lot of injury-prone players and probably a glut of forwards as well. They just need to move on. Yeah, Lucas Perez, Anatovic, Galileco. Mm, mm, oh, keep Antonio, though, just for the celebration value. I, I'm looking forward <laughs> to many, many more of those. Um, I, I think they I think they probably achieved about what they wanted to achieve. I think 10th yeah. is probably a pretty decent finish, uh, all things considered. Um, let's not forget Pellegrini's a, a fantastic manager. Um, this and is Pellegrini's lowest ever finish in Europe as well, mind yeah. you. So he's going to be hungry to, to improve this team. So exactly. It's moving in the right direction. I give him a B plus. Interesting. I think that's very kind, like very very generous. Watford uh, finished in 11th. Tommy, what did you make of their season? Uh, had them down as overachieving. I think we all thought they were going to struggle. Uh, obviously made an FA Cup final, but geez, they've been terrible for the last probably eight weeks in the Premier League. I think I was the most generous in our preseason review, and I said they were going to finish lower mid table. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did I have about uh, Watford? Uh, the, I think they're going to really need to hold on to Decore and Kapue. Um, I think. Uh, Kapue, you and Andy just froth Kapue. Yeah, but they're so important to to Watford. Like without them, Decore, yes, but. <clears throat> But, well, they're, they're both mobile, technically strong, physically big. Like, they're pretty you, complete midfielders. You're describing Will Hughes. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that guy gives me nightmares. <laughs> um, but I think uh, PSG, I think, is sniffing around Decore. So hey, he's going to be hot property in the summer, I think. Yeah. They, they desperately need to hold on to, uh, I think, both of those players if they're going to, I guess, repeat this season's not heroics, but just solid finish. Um, yeah, look, Pereira, uh, arguably, uh, under uh, was still, still sort of underachieving, looked good in patches, but never able to put a consistent run together. Um, I gave him a, I gave him a B plus, which I think is heavily influenced by the FA Cup final and, um, they, they could have finished so much higher and the fact that they ended up finishing 11 I think would be a massive disappointment for them given where they were in about sort of February, March sort of time frame. Yeah. Uh, what did you give them in terms of your rating, Tommy, did you say? I thought they overachieved and I gave them a B+. Plus. B+. Sorry. Yeah, B plus. Yeah, uh, I thought Similar. all things being considered, they had a. They had. I actually think they had some consistency in the season. It just but came early from, on. And it just came from different of, places, right? Yeah. Like at the start of the season, you had Perea, um, you know, with his with his customary 
fast start to the season and then uh, <laughs> late season slump. But then once that happened, you had uh, De La Feu, who, who they got a tune out of. And I, I mentioned um, earlier in the show that, um, you know, that this is the, the longest stint just about that they've had a manager for. Um, and it looks like they're pretty happy with Javi Garcia. Um, uh, I think that, I think, yes, a slight overachievement. I gave them a B plus. I think, yes, they need to hold on to key players. Uh, Decoro, yes. De La Feu and Perea for me, I think um, they really need to hold on to. They need to find a, a striker who works for them as well. Like, Dini's not getting any younger. Um, don't know how much longer he, he can do for it. Gray doesn't really look like the answer. Um, there's He's the, not, not, never going to be a number one striker for a, a Premier League team, is he? The young Venezuelan who's coming into their, their season, who just got his visa at the end of last season. Peñaranda. Uh, Pe- uh, yes, I think I think he'll be one to watch um, for next season and I'd like to see a little bit more of him. But um, yeah, hold on to your, your key players and um, and go again. But they yeah, they, they finished uh, higher, higher than when they did last season. So yeah, good, good season overall for me. Um, Palace, however, uh, dropped a few more points in a, in a position than they did last season. They finished 12th this season and uh, from 11th the season before. What did you make of them, Tommy? Um, Palace were a bit of a mixed bag. They kind of did uh, they did the opposite of Watford in that they were garbage at the beginning of the season and they came home with a really wet sail. Um, I thought they... You've already mentioned before how they were pretty rubbish at home, but just amazing away from home. Just quite bizarre. A uh, few pieces sort of uh, came together as the season uh, rolled on. Obviously, Zaha found a little bit of form. Even Beteke struck a, a, a small purple patch there. I think he had two games. A goal. Right? Yeah, <laughs> a, a goal. Excuse me. But um, it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not they can hold on to Zaha. I think his his resale value, uh, I think he's peaking right now. I, I think they wouldn't be unwise, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they sold him uh, this summer. Get seventy million for him. Look, he's not getting any younger, of course, and look, he can do a lot with seventy million. He can also also squander it, but um, yeah, seventy million to reinvest into that squad. What did you think? Did they overachieve, underachieve? Um, I think they just achieved. Yeah. Um, uh, I gave him a B minus, so I think. Oh really? We've agreed again. <laughs> yeah, like exactly <laughs> the same. Mate, one of us is just gonna have to lie and just yeah. like. Uh, uh, like just just for the sake of the, pod, I've got a few, I, I do have a few additional points though, Tommy. Ooh, I think um, I think what really went right for them this season was the emergence of Juan Bissaka. Yeah, huge, wasn't he? Um, he's going to be one that is going to be highly sought over, uh, sought after in the off season, and yeah. they they would do well to hold on to him at least for another season. Strongly linked with Man United already. Yeah, desperate um, for young English players. Patrick Van Aanholt as well. Um, you know, although we knew a bit of what he could do from last season, um, they both contributed enormously to Palace's success this season. I had them about evens as well. Obviously, that the highlight of their season was that three two win over City. Gave them a B minus. Look, I, yeah, I actually think as well that, that this could probably be the season where they could um, sell Zaha. So long as they like, you know, if they got Batshuayi on a permanent and sold mm. Zaha mm. and made a profit, that would be a pretty good piece of business. Yeah, um, and they've also got a little bit of dead weight as well, like Jordan Ayew, Benteke. They're not really getting well, much of a tune out of some of those. Yeah, players, and they are brought they? in that Norwegian bloke uh, Solot. Uh, oh, he went out on loan, didn't he? Yes, it didn't really so they've work still got out. him kicking round, and yeah. they've got uh, the other Sacco, the the sort of offensive Sacco. <laughs> not the defense, not the defender, Sacco. Oh, Excellent. I was going to say, what do you mean? What's so offensive about? Well, him? he offended Klopp, and that's why he ended up at Palace. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, hold on to Juan Bissaka, um, and if you can do good business on Zahar and get someone like a Batshuayi in on on a permanent, well, I think um, they also need to get a tune out of Max Meyer as well. He was pretty disappointing. Oh, absolutely, as well. absolutely. 
uh, Newcastle uh, in 13th. Um, what did you think of their season, Tommy? Um, I think they've overachieved. Like they've got some bang average players, and Raffers managed to get manages to get a tune out of them. Um, came home with a really wet sail. Great finish to the just wet sails all over the place. <laughs> yeah. um, but look, all of this. Uh, obviously, they brought in Almiron, and he seemed okay. Um, obviously, he'd be better with a preseason next year uh, with the with the team. They desperately need to hold on to Rondon now, which. Uh, They've got a pretty decent chance of, I think, now that uh, West Brom aren't getting promoted. Um, and obviously, retaining Rafa is going to be huge for them. I think his uh, contract re- uh, finishes up at the end of this season. Uh, obviously, that's, that's one to watch over the off-season as well, yeah, how that's going to play out. I know that they're, they're negotiating a new deal, but I think obviously that would that's dependent on... Mike actually opening his checkbook, not for Rafa, but for the the. Squad. Well, if you're Rafa, that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. You're like, look, I can stay, but I'm going to need some. I'm going to need some uh, undertakings yeah. from you, Mike Ashley, that you're going to open up the checkbook. And I did see in the last 48 hours that Rafa's been linked with a move to Celtic as well. So look, he's he's in demand. He could go back to, to Italy as well. Spain, um, uh, yeah, uh, but also like Juve are after a, a new boss with Allegri moving on. So look, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Rafa's Rafa's in a position of negotiating strength right now. So, uh, look, gave them a uh, a B plus. Um, I uh, think they'll be pushing favourites for relegation though if uh, if Rafa leaves. Yeah, uh, I I think they have to keep Rondon and Perez as well. I think uh, that's that he's really contributed, particularly towards the end of the season. Yeah, he came home. He looked, 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 looked in career best form. Mm. Uh, Almiron, agree. I think he was a great addition. Um, really keen to see what he can do with a full off season with the club as well, because he sort of had to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think how I do think that they overachieved. Yeah, when you consider how much has how, how little has been spent on the squad, uh, I gave them a B. Yeah, need to keep Rafa, need to get investment. Pretty simple for Newcastle. Yeah, next uh, up, On to your favourites, Bournemouth, Tommy. <laughs> keep this under two minutes as well, if you could. <laughs> Bournemouth, uh, I actually thought Bournemouth were really disappointing. Um, the fact that they finished below Newcastle, who I thought that would, uh, would be close to relegation slots. Uh, but look, uh, I'll break this down by quarters of the season. So um, they, they're on 20 points after 10 rounds. They're on 26 points after 20 rounds, meaning they got six points in 10 games. Uh, they then went on and got another 17 points after um, uh, after that in the next 10 games and then managed to get another eight, which uh, put them on uh, correction. No, they got another 12 after that. So, look, really, really inconsistent season where they went like big sways of uh, the season without getting any getting any, uh, getting any points. Um we, we've already talked about Alex Brooks, uh, who just looks the goods. Um, but look, they... they Did you say Alex Brooks? What's his name? David Brooks. Oh, Alex David. Brooks is a bloke we play football oh. with. <laughs> Shout out to Alex. Brooksy! <laughs> um, but yeah, re- look, really frustrating season. Bournemouth looked like they could have been pushing for the Everton Cup. Um, but yeah, I would be really disappointed, I think, here um, for, for Bournemouth fans. I, I gave him a B-. minus. Um, Considering some of the football they've been playing throughout the season, um, and they're still and, prone and to getting spanked occasionally you know by like capable average of. teams. I think like, they lost four 0 to Burnley, like even pretty early on in the season. Which well, they had a couple of results. Result. They had a couple of wins, like four 0 five 0 six. Didn't they belt Chelsea as well at one point throughout the season? Like four, I think they got a four 0 over Chelsea. Yeah, and like if you were Bournemouth fan, like yeah, you, you're still pretty happy that they're staying in the league and they're doing well and they're playing great football. But like 
if you're seeing that, you're like, oh, why couldn't, why can't you do that every week? Unless you don't know which Bournemouth's going to show up on any given day, and like they they do get very streaky, um, but they can also go on like really bad and really good streaks as well. So look, they need to find some consistency if they're going to break into those sort of Europe, uh, European, European spots. Yeah, uh, what made their season for me? Um, Wilson and Fraser having pretty much career best yeah, season. And, they were great, and weren't the, they? The way that they linked up together was was a joy to watch when Bournemouth were on. Um, <laughs> but what held them back, obviously, is, is as you said, Tommy's consistency. Yep. Um, so I'd say for them, it's probably a slight underachievement. Uh, they finished 12th last season and, and finished mm. 14th this season. The, the fact that Palace and Newcastle both finished above Bournemouth after the start that Bournemouth had, I think, Indicates underachievement. Yes, uh, I gave him the C minus. I was pretty harsh on Bournemouth. I, I expected a lot more. C minus. Given wow. the given the type of football um, that they were playing, uh, yeah, I think they. they I they, they need to be generous to them by giving a B minus. I think they needed I? to deliver more. Yeah. Um, what they need for next season. Um, not a lot of uh, rumours surrounding Howes at the moment, but they could. They should keep Eddie Howes. Mm, um, one or preferably both of Wilson and Fraser should should stay at the club for them to sort of keep keep moving next season. I think everyone seems on board with what they're doing and they do seem to be regenerating. We've talked about it, um, you know, in the past couple of podcasts as well. Um, so, but yeah, if they could keep all of those uh, personnel at the club, that'd be a big statement of intent. Burnley now are in 15th. I feel like we've almost covered that. Um, how we've already said how obviously they were they look rusted on for relegation until they dropped Hart and brought Heaton back in. Um, still not sure who's going to be uh, starting. Who's going to be the starting goalkeeper next season between Heaton and Pope? Mm. Got Nick Pope returning from injury. Um, the early start in Europe really hurt them. They just did not seem destroyed them, yeah. didn't it? They didn't really seem at all prepared. And for that, that seems like a lifetime ago that, you know, at the end of last season, they finished seventh and this season they finished 15th. Yeah, obviously a very different season as well. Like the, the likes of Burnley uh, last season were the best of a pretty terrible bunch of mid-table teams. Uh, whereas this season, obviously, a lot of teams have improved. Everton, West Ham, Watford have all improved significantly. So, um, And things just didn't really work out at the beginning of the season as well. Obviously, Hart not being a, a Heaton or a, or a Pope obviously made a, a massive difference. Um, gave him a B minus. Ultimately, they were well safe from relegation in the end. So, um, and had a decent second half of the season. Yeah, uh, what made this season for me? Um, players like Wood and Barnes finding some uh, finding some form, particularly playing t- as a genuine front two. Yeah, right? like towards the end of the season, I think it worked brilliantly, bringing it back in, back into vogue. And uh, what let them down? Yeah, the consistency, obviously, and not just being the not being the resolute Burnley that we saw last year, where they were basically impenetrable, particularly at home. Mm. Um, but I think I, I've I've said that it's about an even. Like I don't think they overachieved or underachieved. Even when you look at it. Uh, as compared with last season where they finished seventh, I think that was a massive overachievement for them. I think this is a reversion to the mean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when you consider that they had, had injuries to Heaton and Pope and they yeah had to, had to bring Hart in and then you've got three sort of starting keepers, you could say, and that's, that's never really good for a side, particularly when they mm. get back to fitness and, you know, you're asking questions and you, you, you sort of hear that from any professional goalkeepers in, in top leagues. You, you never want to have that sort of, 
too too much pressure. It just it ruins it for them. Apparently, um, I've given them a C plus. Um, next season, um, you know, hopefully a good preseason for both Heaton and Pope. Pick one, stick with them. Um, well, they should arguably they should probably sell one of them. Really, like yeah. I think Heaton's thirty, yeah, low thirty. So, but he is the club captain and sort yeah, of the hero. It's of awkward, the club, isn't it? So it's, like, that's, that's a difficult one for them. So they they need to basically sort that out. Um, a little bit more quality in midfield, and I'm interested to see uh, Dwight McNeil kick on next season. Uh, young breakout player, left yeah, winger for them. So. He was really exciting to watch. And very exciting. Playing with a smile on his face, obviously just chuffed to be there, but yeah, he was very effective at times as well. Chuffed to still be in the Premier League, Southampton. What did you make of their season, Tommy? Yeah, I think they'd be they'd be wiping a little bit of sweat from their collective brow at the end of the season. Um, they looked like... No, they're too busy making stupid kit release videos. <laughs> You've hated that video, and I don't understand why. Get in the um, bin. I, I thought it was... Um, we're talking about um, Southampton's kit review video now, reveal video now, but... Um, it was a I, mockumentary island festival style. And, you know, it was like there were parts of it that, that would have been funny, but... Um, it wasn't laugh out loud funny, but I thought But it the was, kit's shit. Oh, yeah, the kit's terrible, but the video I thought was okay. <laughs> we'll, of course, be uh, previewing uh, each team in detail including a kit rating uh next season listeners but uh if you haven't seen it already do yourself a favor and uh have a look at southampton's new i was kit. gonna say do yourself a favor and probably avoid it if you don't want your eyes to hurt <laughs> uh but yeah what went what went right <laughs> yeah. for them this season on the field um, tommy yeah look um the best thing that they did all season was sacking hughes because they looked they looked done um and there was a point where i was i would have been happy if they got uh, if they went down but um, Southampton uh, look a different side under Hassan Hoodle. He's got a got a tune out of uh, James Ward Prowse, uh, who look did uh, did did the business for me in uh, in my successful uh, draft uh, FPL season. Uh, how'd you finish in that, Tommy? How how'd you go to in the end? Oh mate, I thought you'd never ask. Oh! Um, <laughs> finish top. Uh, yeah, just bust, uh, waiting to bust that out, weren't you? Oh, look, it's the listeners it. are heavily invested in our uh, FPL draft competition, obviously. <laughs> uh, but what else? So, um, yeah, look, I think Hassan Hoodle did. Uh, he did a solid, if not unspectacular, job. Uh, they obviously need a striker. Uh, Danny Ings, I thought, was was good for them, um, particularly at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously injury prone and can't really be relied on to play thirty games in a season. Um, I thought their goalkeeper situation needs to be resolved. They pretty much alternated between uh, so Angus Gunn, McCarthy, McCarthy, and Fraser Forster as well, and they'd never really settled on one of them. So get rid of the others and stick with Gunn, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Um, or just settle on one of them. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is, just settle on one because that's that's a shit show having three goalkeepers and rotating between them in the league. Fraser Forster fans, don't at me. <laughs> uh, what else? So I I would arguably give them uh, a C uh, for pre-Huser sacking and then give them a, a B for post-Huser uh, uh, sacking. So uh, excited to see who they recruit, who they sell over the, uh, the off-season. But look... Now, in hindsight, it seems pretty stupid that they let um, Dusan Tadic go. Um, he's in career best form. Took Ajax to the semi-finals. Just 
great. It was point. unpliable. Um, he looked it, like a spud at South. Well, not a spud, but was, I mean, he was certain. Like you, was when he solid. left, you were like, like so what? <laughs> I think they only sold him for like ten million. Like which... Southampton have lost some amazing players, and and at the time, you wouldn't have said that Dusantadic was like the kind of loss that you know letting go a Mane or a. Yeah, no one really blinked you know, at the time, did or they? Or Virgil Van Dyke, yeah. uh, you know. So, but uh, yeah, he has really he, he's proved the doubters wrong. Yeah, a bit of uh, surgery needs to be performed on that squad as well. As a few. Uh, I've heard few passengers. I've heard Dusantadich um, saying that he will he would never play football in England again. Basically, he hated it. He's like, you, you can't play football there. You're just getting people kick lumps out of <laughs> you every week, and you know, like saying how happy he was at at uh, at Ajax. I mean, and you know, so so he should be as well. He's won the league with them and almost got them into a Champions League final. So, um, of course, he's going to say that. But uh, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, what um, did you think about Southampton? Did you think they uh, achieved, or uh, what, and what was your rating for? Them? I actually thought they overachieved. Yeah, if you look, if you consider where they were in December, they were you know circling the drain. Season of two halves, really, isn't it? Yep. Uh, and then Hasenhutl came in and gave them an identifiable style. And um, yeah, you said you said he improved Ward Prowse, he improved Redmond, um, and he he saw something in and brought up uh, Valerie and Valerie from oh, the yep. under twenty threes as well. He did very well. Yep, um, and and just and Matt Target got some Matt more game Target time got, as got, well. got a tune out of them, uh, and and Sims as well got a bit of a tune mm-hmm. out of him. Um, I gave them a B minus. Um, yeah, I think they need to the keep average between my first half of the season and the second half of the season. It averaged out. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think they need to keep uh, their now permanent signing Danny Ings fit. You know, to yep. the extent they they have any control over that, um, and they need to find a quality you said a keeper Tommy but yeah I also think they need a quality partner for Vestergaard in centre back yeah uh, Maya Yoshida I don't know you know if he's he's still got it at the top level happy to be proven wrong but um, he was sort of in and out of the team this year and yeah they, they do well to, to get some quality there but not too quality that Liverpool want to want to take them <laughs> can't, can't uh, aim too high right Brighton, Hove and Albion in 17th, just avoiding relegation. What a stinker. Um, I Look, they were terrible for long stretches of this season and were really lucky not to get relegated. Good in Um, patches, I would say. Yeah, like they they had a horrible April, uh, which came really close to relegating them. What did they... They conceded 11 goals in six games without scoring one, um, including matches against... um, you could call them peer teams, the likes of Southampton, Cardiff, Bournemouth and Wolves. The fact that they couldn't even score a goal against those five, four teams, pretty dire. Um, well, goals is, yeah, I'll, I'll get onto it, but that's yeah. really, really let them down. Um, and look, none of their new signings, uh, they could get a tune out of. Um, uh, Pascal Gross uh, had an injury-ravaged um, season as well and really couldn't perform uh, perform some of the heroics from the, the previous season. Um, and look, now that Hooten's gone, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think they're going to get relegated next season unless they can perform miracles. Wow. Now, I was actually going to say the opposite there. I actually think, yeah, I, I feel for Hooten. Um, he's, he's done very well with them, but I actually think that's a real statement of intent from Brighton to sack him straight away. Even after the successful season that he's had keeping them up and getting into an FA Cup semi-final, after that, to straight away sack them before mm. the start of the mm. off-season, um, that, that says to me that, you know, we, we want to stay up. We want, you know, thank thank you very much, Houston. You've taken us as far as you can. We want to try and get in someone better now and we want to try and, like, move forward as a club and, and improve and, and I'll be very interested to watch what they do over the off-season. Look, uh, whilst I agree that that's admirable, like ultimately, if 
yeah, one one uh, a new coach might be able to get like a, a tune out of some of those players, but I guess I just don't see a lot of hope or potential in a lot of those players. So I think they're really going to struggle uh, next season. But I think they've done it early, you know, presumably true, if, they get, a, if they get a decent manager in early, given the entire off season, they're giving they have themselves... a lot of money to spend anyway. Like who knows? They're giving um, themselves every chance though, is what I'm saying. True. And, and they, you know, they are, they're taking the right steps, but look, uh, I gave them a C. I thought they massively underachieved and uh, look, I, yeah, I'll say it again. I think they're going to really struggle next season. Yeah, look, I think what um, what let them down this season is goals. Like, Glenn Murray had a great start to the season and, and just defied all of our beliefs in, in how many goals he was getting. Um, but the thing that was telling, um, there was like an XG stat going around. And I'm not, I don't really like getting get involved in those really techie stats, but like... There, there, there was a comparison like Brighton's XG with Glenn Murray and Brighton's XG without him was just at night and day. Yeah. Uh, and he was the only goal threat in their team, basically, that meant. And it was it was true, too, when you saw it on the pitch. He was the only one scoring goals for them other than the occasional uh, Shane Duffy header. Yeah. Um, well, because with a, a blo- was it a bomb against yeah. Palace, for example. But Shane Duffy yeah. was their second top goal scorer, I'm pretty sure, with like five goals or something from headers. So, And that says it all, really. That's grim, isn't it? It almost let them down, combined with their uh, poor, traditionally poor away form and their home form not being as solid as it should have been. That almost let them down um i still think they overachieved i think for a team like that staying in the premier league is an overachievement mm. um i gave them a c plus <laughs> um you know that, that i'd like to see them try and build next season and i'll, I'll wait until the off season's over and to our preview podcast before uh casting judgment on the next season but they, they they're going to really need a striker um and Donay, uh the romanian uh, international hasn't really done the job for them um i mm, think they've got okay. uh, jürgen lacadia as well who's a sort of a forward player i don't think he's an out and out number nine but another player who killed it in the dutch league but struggled in england yeah uh they need they need an answer they need a replacement to glenn mm. murray don't know if glenn murray can go around again but I did say that at the start of this <laughs> yeah. season and, and he proved me wrong. So let's let's see this time again next season we'll be saying, Oh geez, I can't believe Glenn Murray's done it again. <laughs> uh into the relegation spots, Cardiff in eighteenth. Tommy, what went wrong for them this season? Well look, I think um they started out with arguably a championship level squad. Uh I think they were lucky to last as long as they did and really their performance was quite admirable over the course of the season. So um Pretty much a uh, a massive season as well from Etheridge. Almost single handedly kept them in the in the division, um, but yeah, not a lot of help. Same as uh, same as Brighton, not a lot of goals, which meant they really struggled. Um, they only scored thirty four goals and obviously conceded way 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 too many. Um, the the death of uh, Emilio uh, Sala sucked a huge amount of emotional energy out of the club. You um, really feel for them, don't you? That yeah. was like they're going to be their record signing. They needed a striker. Like they were playing bloody Callum Patterson as their as yeah. their number nine, who's like a right back slash midfielder, kind like of just utility. utility. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the same vein as like Richie Delat for Melbourne City. Yeah, um, but like not not who you want playing up front. Um, and he did a decent job put himself about was a big physical presence but didn't really offer much apart from that um i think they'll be competitive again in the the championship next season they'll be probably make uh playoff spots i think which is pretty reasonable because i don't think there's going to be a huge amount of turnover from their squad um gave them uh gave them a b plus which is pretty pretty generous for a relegated very generous but like pretty average squad 
finished. Uh, we I think we all thought that they'd be relegated by March, and the fact that it was the second last week that they got relegated, I think, speaks volumes to how organised and competitive they were. Yeah, I mean, they had a they they had to bring Umani Ass in from from Everton to try and get them goals, and that's that. If that doesn't tell, if that's not a sign of desperation, then I, I don't know what is. <laughs> and they couldn't get anything out of him. Any, anyway. No, no, not even. <laughs> I don't Cardiff, think he scored for them. Nah, not even Cardiff could get anything out of him. I agree. I think Etheridge was probably their best player. I think the thing that let them down was just no spending. Yeah, they brought up a championship level squad with a championship level manager and they're going back to the championship uh i, I think they a little bit of bad luck as well with the seller very bad luck. and they had bad luck throughout the season as well i really i really feel for Cardiff fans um there was that one match that sticks in my mind against chelsea where they could have got something out of it and nothing went their way none of the calls went their way um and there are a few other games like that as well where they just had they honestly just had bad luck and that mm. was really the difference um when you consider that they finished the season on 34 points and Brighton finished on 36 points so it was a very narrow uh, miss for them um i gave them a c um you know i, I think th- that's harsh <laughs> i you know well wait and see what i gave fulham and huddersfield oh, but geez. look i think they need to hold together and they need to try and build next season. Yeah, if they could keep Efridge and if they could keep players like um, Harry Arta, Joe Rawls, um, and who was the other one? There was uh, Junior Hoylitz, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nathan- Nathaniel Mendez-Lang um, was playing some good football towards the end of the season as well. Get those, get yourself a decent striker and you can have another go. Yeah, true, true. Um, full. Fulham. You want to go first or shall I? Oh, oh yeah, let me why don't I go first? Yeah, Fulham. They spent over a hundred million pounds. What a joke. <laughs> over a hundred million pounds. And they went straight back down. Um and but a fifth of that was on Alfie Mawson, who was critical to their campaign and had fifteen appearances, which I was so I had to go and research that. I like had to he go was, and look that up. He was injured for I think for a, a portion of the campaign. Like a large part, I am surprised he got to 15 appearances. But and we were saying, I think all of us, um, and I know Andy certainly did in the preseason, said that Alfie Mawson was going to be one of the keys for Fulham, keeping it tight at the back mm. because he he's there to provide solidity and and give others like Seri and Sherla uh, license to um, you know do what they do and um, just, just didn't work. Just out. didn't work. So I think they way underachieved considering that investment. Um, I gave them an F. Um, <laughs> look, next season, I think they need to um, recoup uh, on their assets. They need to, they need to, you know, get some money back in a fire sale uh, and invest intelligently and uh, and try and go again. They, they desperately need to make the most of these parachute payments, and because otherwise, this could go all horribly wrong. Uh, for for Fulham because of how much money they spent, they're not going to make the same money back on any of those. Well, it's going to be a fire sale as it always is. Exactly. So yeah, look, there's no way Seri or Scherler or Mitrovic are going to be playing in the championship next season. Yeah. Uh, same as Alfie Morrison. The high value players just get them out. Even like Sergio Rico. Yeah, well, I worked. think he was only on loan anyway, wasn't he? Ah, uh, yes, it was. It was on a loan from yeah. uh, Atletico Bilbao. But yeah, like uh, I, I Bilbao, do, yeah. I do fear somewhat for for. Um, for Fulham, that yeah, this could this could be ugly um, next oh. season if they if they don't invest wisely in some new players. Yeah, and it's tough because I, even though it's going to be a, a fire sale, like I actually think that like players like Seri and Vieto, um, uh, their values actually go on down this yeah, season. Massively, Sherla, like they're not thirty million dollar players anymore. Are like they? who can hold their head up high? Uh, Mitrovic um, maybe, Barbel maybe. 
Yeah, I actually thought Babel was a great signing for them. Which I, in a position I was, that I was they laughing when he came in, but actually he did he did well. He was almost probably their player of the season, arguably. Um, but look, I want to I want to cast a big stone here at Jukanovic. He uh, he if royally cocked cocked this up, didn't he? Like they were pretty much in a death spiral by the time he uh, he got sacked and. Um, just so so naive to try to play the same way as they did in the uh, in the championship. Obviously, try to play big, expansive football. Yeah, which is admirable. But Although in, in, there's a fine line between brave and stupid. Yeah, and I think because like he, uh, and, he was, and that fine line is whether it works, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, but you saw with Wolves, we say, look, oh, you played brave, expansive football, but, but it, it wasn't. But it wasn't uh, expansive football. It was quite measured, and at times it was quite defensive. But they they counterattacked the whole well. way, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> excuse me. But look, um and look, even uh Ranieri couldn't really bring any defensive solidity to them. Um and look some some really key weaknesses at fullback, central midfield, and I arguably their um biggest weakness was Yukanovich this season. I think he um his stocks have uh dropped significantly after that. Um season was a disaster, wasn't it? Um Harsh. <laughs> no, harsh on Yukanovic. Um, I mean, the season was a disaster for Fulham. In oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I gave him a C minus, but that's just because that was the lowest I gave anyone. So, um, yeah, you're right. I think you should have given them. Uh, they they deserve that's an, an F. F. That's like the lowest mark <coughs> that I, I I think I can give. So disappointing. Just really, really. I feel for what. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Watford Fulham fans because this this should have been a, a great season, but it just turned out to be such a disaster. And even even Sessegnon, as highly rated as he is, like, and I I I, I sort of don't quite blame the lad because he was played all over the place. He was sort of played as a winger and then as a left back and then as a winger. And, yep. uh, you know, uh, what, and, and he had played under three managers yep. during the time. So it was a bit, a bit of a disrupted season for him, but he, he needs to move now. Surely they need to just cash in on well, him. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting even to see if he stays in the Premier League or if, cause he's still only like 18. So he could still go back down to the championship if he performs there yet, then bounce back. But, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to the championship because, I mean, you're going to need to pay like probably minimum £50 million pounds for, for the kid and that's a big risk considering the season he's just had. Huddersfield, last but not least. Well, last but least. <laughs> Look, the, what were they? The, the plucky on, underdogs who did so well to stay up uh, the season pro, uh, previous but uh, by, by being competitive and tactically flexible. Um, but yeah, really, they couldn't keep, uh, couldn't replicate that form again this season, and their defensive solidity just abandoned them. Um, and then their ma- then their manager Wagner deserted them as well. Um, pretty he sad. He really did desert them, didn't he? Yeah, sad story in the end. I feel I feel for Huddersfield supporters because look, they um, obviously the the season before had much more joy, but I think this year you saw. Um, those mid-table teams improving really hurt Huddersfield because it was there wasn't a lot of plates for for them to pick up points anymore, um, and so I think they'll they'll really struggle to make it back to the Premier League. I think um, Billing and Moy will go on to other pastures, and um, yeah, I think uh, I gave them a C plus. Thought they underachieved. Wow, we C plus. Yeah, because like, well, who did they bring in that? That's should've... a pass. I didn't give anyone a D or a, an C's F. C's get though. degrees. <laughs> Which is actually, no, that's a fair point. Um, I, I wouldn't give them an F like Fulham, um, but they probably do deserve like a, a D for like a 
You you're giving him an F. I you? gave him an F. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and that's why that I want to want to say that that's why giving Carter for C is is a good mark. I think that's that's the point of difference that I want to make. Like, mm-hmm. they. Well, I gave him a B plus. <laughs> so generous. They massively underachieved. This is the joint earliest relegation in Premier League history. That's they finished true. on sixteen points Oof. after getting thirty seven points the season before. Um, and yeah, it was, so when you put it in those sorts of terms, <laughs> it was all down to misfiring strikers for me. They had nothing up front, and we said this in now. Well, I at least said this in in my season preview for them. They need uh, either or both of Tupacha and Munier to to you know carry the load, and they did last season. And, yeah. and between them, they sort of got you there. But this season, none of them fired. It feels like a long, long time ago that Mounier scored a hat-trick in like the second game of the season uh, last season. Uh, I had him in my fantasy team. That's why I remember and he won- got me across the line that week. But um, yeah, just so disappointing Mounier this season. He was really poor for huge chunks of the season. Yep. So, I mean, they need to try and stabilise now. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going back up, but, uh, you know, I think they'll struggle to make playoff spots in the championship. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be a mid-table championship team next year, and they need to uh, offload their offload their valuable assets um, and and stabilize. But they they never really tried to bring in anyone. They didn't bring any massive names, so, so it's not a big. It's not as big of a job for them as it is for Fulham. Agreed. Um, but yeah, like the likes of Moy and Billings. Well, they've um, got some resale value. They've got um, some resale. I think like, is Moy still the um, their record signing for ten million? I think he might be. Yeah, so that's um, it's going to be really interesting to see where Moy, in particular, obviously as Australians, this is going to uh, be where, our own more than a game and an all of Australian uh, soccer media. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be the, the, our, our story to follow, especially now that uh, Matty Ryan's staying up. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating to see where he lands. We we all want him to get somewhere, not only where he's going to be uh, playing, but also for the right kind of team. Uh, you don't really want one of Australia's best players playing in a relegation scrap again. Um, so yeah, look. Hopefully, he does go for sort of a mid-table team where he can. We need to be playing in a team that's that's getting a lot of possession, getting a lot of the ball, because yeah. that's what he does. He he yeah. maintains the tempo. He's decent defensively, but it's not really what you it's want not him doing. Really, it? It's not really. It's not really what you want him to do. It's not what he's best at. He's best. Yeah. He's best when he's on the ball a lot, and he can just control the tempo of a game and just spray the ball around, deliver on set pieces, and yeah. and and do those kinds of things. But that. Takes us to the uh, end of the team reviews uh, and to the end of this Premier League season review special. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Tommy, any any final thoughts from you? Any closing no, look, thoughts? I, I hope that everyone enjoys listening to that as much as I enjoy talking about it. I probably could have gone <laughs> on for a lot, hour. lot of fun. I could have, I could have talked a lot longer. I really had to be brutal in, in trying to move us along. <laughs> um, we will be back. This is our final episode for the season. We will have a, an A-League season uh, preview and grand final review special uh, as well. Uh, and we will be back next week um, with a Champions League final preview and a roundup on anything else that's uh, that's been happening in football. Um, and we'll have, we'll have another podcast Pod the week after that, that'll be our final um, podcast of, of this season um, in which we'll, we'll review the Champions League final and uh, look ahead to the Women's World Cup in France. Uh, but for now, um, if you want to get in touch with us uh, before then or, or keep up with 
what we're doing or the, the, the shit we're talking basically, uh, follow us on Twitter or Facebook and More Than A Game podcast. Um, but until then, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.